Welcome to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and this is part two of my interview with Tracy Meyer. Now, if you haven't already, I highly recommend you go back and listen to part one on episode 39. That way, you will be 100% in the loop on everything Tracy and I are discussing in our conversation. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Here we go. So we're working together. We're going into weightlifting. Not too long after working together, got you in your first meet. I think probably from from around the time that we were starting to work together, maybe about seven weeks later, the AWF National Championships was going to happen in Woburn, Massachusetts. So we signed you up for that. I was signed up. Patrick was signed up. Tim, remember Tim? Tim Lee from yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jen. Jen went to that. So we had yeah. quite a quite a big team yeah. to do that meet. Uh, what was what's your memory on going into your first weightlifting competition? Because you're you're a competitive person, and you had done those tough mutters, and you had done you know uh, uh, shot put and states with with uh, the javelin, all these things. What was your experience and thoughts on a weightlifting competition? Well, can you really like can I mean, come on, AWF is my first meet. Yeah, like, doesn't like get any that's better. like, you know, that's that's like, you know, Disney World compared to the local carnival, you know, as being like a local. If I wonder how different it would have been for me if my first meet was a local meet. Now that I love local meets. Actually, yeah. I, I prefer local meets. But I mean you don't get much bigger than a, the AWF, yeah. you know, back in the day when there well, was the AWF. And I think, I think too, before the AWF mat, uh, meet in what, June or July mm-hmm. of that year, you had gone to one of the ones in Elmira in the to spring watch. to yes. watch. Yes. You saw me, you yes. might've saw Patrick, maybe, yeah. uh, but definitely some guys from Albany yeah. lifting at it. And then you said, okay, I'm in. Yes. And so I had talked to you yes. about doing AWF before you went and watched that right. one in Elmira and then you agreed to do the one in AWF. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that it was like in April. Yeah. It was the spring. What did they used to call spring it? Spring fling. The spring fling. I remember that because I remember watching and then like, I was just like, I don't remember who was with me. Maybe it was Carol Ann and just saying, all right, I'm so in, I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And then to have my first experience be AWF with the music and the Ryan Grady you know, on the mic. Ryan Grady. Um, <laughs> I, we still have those videos too it's too funny i have my wrist wraps on now this is for snatch i got my wrist wraps on i got my belt i got my knee pads i mean it you know i got my pink pink bow that's where pink uh uh pink fab fierce pink fab fierce came out and uh yeah it was just like i felt like a celebrity and to top it off i'm sure this was not the best first meet for me because in, in your eyes, because it certainly didn't humble me. <laughs> and I got a medal because I didn't understand that there were only two people in my weight, my weight class and there are three spots on, on the podium. And I'm like, how did I get a medal? I'm like, it must be because I'm old. <laughs> no, it's because you, you, you totaled, you know, like, and hey, yeah. if you don't total, you yeah. don't get up there. Right. So you gotta, right. you gotta make those lists. I think it was a good it, first meet because it, it would, it, it's certainly an intense first meet because yeah. there's so many more people at the AWF meet than there were 
in Elmira yes. in the spring. And it's John North. Come yep. on. John, Before John was that, there. You gave me, like, I bought a copy of, uh, of the book. Yep. And, you know, if you wanted to plug on the book. Yeah. All that's, it's all over the show. Yeah. All right. Um, so like, it was like meeting a celebrity. John North was a celebrity. Yeah, you know? John North was there. Enderton was there. Yeah, I didn't. I had no idea who Enderton was at that point, though. So, yeah, and I really didn't know who Ryan Grady was either. And you um, were on the podium with, with Stacy Croon. Yeah, who was a regional competitor in CrossFit. Yeah. yeah, so it was great. I, I mean, it couldn't have been a better first meet. Yeah, yeah, I was hooked. It it, it certainly made it. Fun, it got you know. harder from there, there, from there on out, though, because it, I mean, we had only been training for three months, you know. Yeah. My, my, that that wasn't even. I mean, I was a fetus in the turn. And the well, and actually, game. right after your first meet, not too long, maybe a week or two after, you had your first injury, the yes. infra, infra, the infraspinatus, right? Yes. Yep, yep. We so we had a shoulder injury. Yep. We were trying to do uh, sots yeah. presses, I think, yes. yeah. and snatch balances, things like that. It just it didn't work out. Nope. Uh, so we had to overcome, you know, in programming and just doing the weightlifting me and also going <laughs> through the, uh, the why me, you know, yes. that, like this oh, is, yes. this is only happening yes. to me. I'm the I only know. one who's ever been oh. injured in weightlifting uh -huh. and, <laughs> yep, and not sure. being able to do the full lifts. And I'm sure it had to do with like also training for the tough mutter and overuse and everything. And really just not being strong. I needed to get strong and that didn't compute in my head. I'm like, why can't I just lift, you know, but you know, how, how, you know, that was like just kind of a tale of things to come because really like if we look over the past five years, it's been, you know, dealing with injuries. Yeah. You know? Which, which is a, a reality as a master's yes. weightlifter. Yeah. And I think too, eating the way that you need to eat for this sport mm -hmm. versus, you know, for weight loss and us working together to balance aesthetics mm -hmm. and the way you want to look versus also having performance and strength. Yeah. And we can talk about this too. Uh, the alcohol. Oh yes. And yeah. you know, not having good <laughs> sessions because of drinking, yeah. drinking. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll let you yeah, talk about some of those. A, that's, that's still a struggle. Um, it has been over the last five months because of, you know, just, um, you know, I think that this, what's happening in our world is hard for any, everybody to like deal with. And it's been, a, it's tested my mental resolve, like, um, fortunately I haven't gotten like really, really depressed where I'm like, you know, needing medication changes or, you know, laying in bed for a day or, you know, canceling out on things It hasn't gotten to be, you know, like that. But, you know, in the early days of, of COVID it's, I was drinking every day, you know, and not, not because I was sad or anything, just because it's like, well, there's nothing else to do, you know, but that it does, it affects you. Um, and in, in the midst of all that, I was finishing up my WAG certification. So there's that hypocrisy, you know, imposter go, syndrome. Yeah. Going back and forth where it's like, all right, here I am, you know, finishing up the certification to help people eat better and, you know, you know, be healthier overall. And I'm drinking every single day. And, and not eating that great either. Like I gained 12 pounds over since March. Um, and then three weeks ago, I'm like, all right, this is, this is, 
oh, I need to just turn this around, especially because I'm, it was actually around the time that we decided we were going to do the national meet. I started thinking about, all right, I got to stop doing these things and get myself, you know, yeah. back into clear mind, you know, fuel my body for competition and everything. Living like an and athlete. Living like an athlete. And, you know, it's been a little over four weeks, I would say, since I got back on track, three weeks since I've been on point and I've lost eight of the 12 pounds already. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how you know what you should be doing, yeah. but it's so easy not yeah. to well, do Well, I mean, it, trainers you know? and coaches and athletes, like we're all human, yeah. you know, so we all fall yeah. into things that it happens. And my own WAG, my own WAG coach. So WAG, Working Against Gravity, it's a nutrition program that uh, that I did for a while and from for about a year between twenty mid twenty sixteen into twenty seventeen, and then you know picked it back up um, a little over a year ago and really stuck to it for the most part um, and decided to become an, a WAG certified coach as an affiliate of them, you know, to use in the business yeah. and. My own WAG coach, I was talking to him during all of this um, and, you know, talked about the hypocrisy, that, like how I feel like a hypocrite because I'm not doing these things that I'm coaching people to do, you know, and, you know, he, he said, he's like, yeah, but that's all part of the journey. You're, you have the ebbs and the flows and, you know, you're human and that should be comforting to your client's to know that you're not perfect because they certainly don't feel perfect, you know? Um, so <clears throat> makes you relatable. Yeah, exactly. Versus exactly. putting up like a, uh, a false persona, exactly. someone who never has any problems yeah. and it's always. So I okay. finally started taking clients and you know, that was about three, two and a half, three months ago. I started to start, finally started taking clients because I'm like, all right, I just need to do this and just, you know, be honest, you know, this is hard. It's not easy. WAG is not a program that you want to pick if you are not all in and wanting to make real change. You know, it's not like, it's not a fad. It's not a fad diet. Um, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's, you, you know, you have to, and back to what you were saying, it's like, yes, you know, you have to be able, you have to fuel your body for the sport. Eat, like an yeah. athlete think about when, think about it that way i remember like asking you in those early days when you were struggling in training what are you eating and then you sent me what you were eating and, <laughs> and it was like a quest bar and a yogurt and yeah. that was like it for uh -huh. the day and yeah. i was like this is not going to work oh and, and wine you know? yes and wine yeah, yeah. Plenty, 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 of yeah fruit. <laughs> plenty of wine so i was, I was like this is why you feel bad this yeah. is why you yeah. you're coming in and and you can't do it. You know, it's just, there's no gas in the tank. Right. And it, it, it took a while to get to that point where you started to do things like counting your macros and wag and, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you introduced me to wag. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's just another tool. Yeah. Now, yeah. speaking more on weightlifting here, what, how, how do you feel um, as an athlete? What is, what is one thing uh, that you have as an advice as someone who has gotten into this sport later in life. So if there's someone listening right now who's in the master's frame, which is anyone 35 and above, and there's different and master's categories, they're just getting now. into it. They're, just, they're where you were back, you know, in 2015, 14. Yeah. Um, your training is, well, I'm, I'm not going to speak for a 35 year old, but I mean, I'm going to be 49 next week or this week. Yeah. 
Tuesday. Does the day does the week start on Sunday or Monday? I don't know. But Who it's knows? Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so when I started, and I mean, wasn't I one of your first masters athletes that you were working with? Uh, one of the first, yeah. Yeah. So I was already working with Kim yeah. and Chuck in the barbell club. Like I wanted to train like, you know, the average Olympian or something. It's like you know, and we kind of we we fully loaded, you know, we we fully loaded a training schedule, and I think. Um, over time, both of us have learned that we need, it's, it's kind of like you have to train according to how you're feeling, you know? Um, I, uh, I think a lot of my injuries that have, that were in the beginning were just because of like overtraining, not being strong enough. Um, so you have to, it's a slower pace. It's a slower pace. You have to kind of like, control your aspirations is that the right would that be the right way to say it like, but what if you're that yeah. type a you mean like per, I yeah, yeah yeah how do you uh, like so how about that person how does that person deal with the fact that they're how does one one deal with the fact that they're a masters now and they're maybe not going to be able to train seven days a week or feel like a 20 year old and and do all those things. Like you said, they have yeah. those aspirations and they just want to go, go, go. How does someone deal with all that? You just, you don't have a choice. I mean, unless you're lucky enough to not have limitations. Like I just, I just have a lot of, I have a lot of limitations. I don't know if you could, if I could tell somebody how they need to approach it. I think you need to learn it as you go. Yeah. You know, I don't think, I don't think anybody could have, made me do anything differently than I did. You know, like it was just like, I just wanted to go, you know, I'm going to be the national champion next year, you know? And I think you learn as you, this is a competitive sport as a masters. Yeah. Like, and I'm in one of the most competitive weight classes, which, you know, I want to be a 64 James and you just don't think that I should be there. Um, Although I don't even know if I could be competitive there, but 71 is like a competitive weight class. And like, I don't want to give up on, could I be a national champion one day? But it's not as important to me. It's like, that's not going to be the reason that I'm in weightlifting. Yeah. You can't, you, you, you have to love the grind of weightlifting. You're, you're not 20 you don't have this, you, you don't, it's like, it's like the being the best is not in, it's not in the cards as much, as much at 45 as it is at 25. I, I agree. And I think, you know, I'm just writing down some notes here. This made me think of year, years ago. It's something that we really, really worked on was, when you got into weightlifting and you started to look around at the landscape of everyone else in your weight class mm -hmm. and also to a fault the younger senior classes mm -hmm. comparing yourself to others yeah harshly and then also putting value on yourself as a person based on the, the number on the bar yeah that was so th those are two big things God, that, I remember yeah. those days. <laughs> Like you just reminded me of it. Those were, yeah. those were, those were two battlefields yeah. and they're connected. So, and they were like right into one another where you were constantly comparing yourself to Stacy Croons mm -hmm. and other people out there who, 
And I'd have to explain to you, well, they've been doing this so much long, longer. And they're younger. And, and yeah, they're, they're, they're younger and you're still learning. And, you know, the thing that no one wants to hear is like, you're a beginner, right. you know, when maybe you, you're, you weren't a beginner in Tough Mudders and other things, but now you're back to being a beginner again. Yeah. And also, I think the bigger one, though, is the whatever numbers we hit for the day was your value for the day. So oh, if, yes. if you went to the gym <laughs> and we were trying to do, let's say we were trying to do snatch singles at 75% and 75% was 70 pounds, right? Maybe that's what it was. If it was a day where you weren't able to lift 70 pounds because we didn't eat enough alcohol, things like that, mm -hmm. uh, running, then that was the thing that was your value. Mm -hmm. You weren't worth what you thought for the day. And then that was something that we had to, to work through. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think in those early days, that was also just me kind of struggling with, um, with my emotions and, you know, um, that up and down, like that, that's the, that's the whole bipolar thing. Yeah. You know, it's like up, down, like, and, and how just that number, <clears throat> it, it ruled my, it ruled my life, when, yeah. you know, from day to day. Yeah. We're, we're talking in your entire day ruined. Mm -hmm. Like you yeah. would, you would train at like 5am. Mm -hmm. Like that's back when you yeah. were getting up really early. Mm -hmm. So imagine going into the gym, not being able to do your training the way you want to missing multiple lifts. And, and it wasn't a perfect training mm -hmm. session too, which you yeah. wanted perfect training sessions, yeah. making all the lifts. Doesn't happen. And then <laughs> So from 5 a.m. on, the whole day is is shot. And into the next day. Like one training session would affect the next day's training session. Yeah. And possibly the whole week. And it was just a struggle. It was, you know, it, it's almost like the, the early years of, well, the early couple of years, it's not like I've been doing this for 20. The early years were more about, um, not so much about the actual doing of the weightlifting, but how I how I used it to try and, you know, figure out how to rein in my emotions, Yeah. you know, and how therapy. How to, yeah. How to deal with the ups and the downs. Yeah. I, I would know how a training session went based on the, 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 <laughs> the stock photo that comes on the uh -huh. video. Yeah. Cause you would do a recap uh, and there would, as I'm always crying. Yep. There, I would either see <laughs> underneath the play button. Oh, I would either see a red face yeah, with tears or a happy face. Yep. And the video would be 15 yeah. minutes long yeah. or, or I would see a, a happy face and I'm like, Oh, we had a good, good day today. Yeah. But that is so, I, it just occurred to me now that that is so, um, would it be art imitating life? I don't know if it's that way or the other way around of, of my mental illness. Yeah. You know, it, it's like the up, it's those extremes. That's exactly what like bipolar depression is. It's like you're manic, you're depressed. And yeah, in those early days, it just, I think it mirrored where I was in my life at that time. Yeah. And that was not a short period of time. No, this was a couple of years. Yeah. It was, it was a couple of years. It was, it was well into, you know, 20, at least all of 2015, you know? Yeah. It was, it was quite, quite a bit of time, quite a bit of learning me just trying to get you to believe in yourself mm -hmm. and to not compare yourself to others and 
to know that you have value outside of the number, you know, that, that you're lifting and also to get you to realize that, well, you have the opportunity to lift. So, right. so you're getting, get to lift. you get yeah. to lift. It's like, you're, yeah. you're, no one's entitled to lift. Right. And there are so many people who can't lift, yeah. but no, but you can. So it's uh, just got to forget the training session that just happened and move on to the next mm-hmm. one. You know, one of, one of the things that you have, you probably said it more than once, but the, the first time that you said it, and I think it was in like a, you didn't actually verbally say it to me. It was in like a feedback thing. And you talked about how, listen, you are not special. <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing, spe- not in a, a mean way, but just talking about like in the sport of weightlifting, there's nothing special about what you're doing or, you know, do you remember that? Uh, was it on the phone? What was this when? Um, maybe, maybe it I, was I think on I was the at, phone. I think I was at the Olympic training center in Lake Placid. Maybe. And, and this was one of, it was like a, almost like a relapse. Yeah. Like, cause we had been, we'd been good for, for a while on, yes. on accepting yes. weightlifting. And then yeah. this was, this might've actually been after you hurt your knee or something after a, a jerk seminar or a shoulder, okay. something happened. Yeah. And I was at the, it was one of the last times I was at, I was at the Olympic training center and I called you. Yeah. So that was, which is, yes. yeah. So this is, this was something at the time that didn't normally happen. Right. Um, which it's like, I don't want it to feel like or sound like our relationship was like cold and impersonal. Eh. It's it's just um, you were running a business. Were, it was matter of fact. Yeah, I'm I'm running a business, and yeah. it's like how do I how do I deal with all of this uh-huh. coming at me right, right now? You know, and you know, and maybe I've got some things coming at me from Joanna and other relationships, yeah. and like and like I've I have all these people around. Wait, it me. wasn't mean. There was nothing mean about yeah. you saying it. It was just kind of like a reality check. Like yeah. And, and I think yeah. at that point, it's like, I had never said that before. No. And, and <laughs> how long have you wanted to? <laughs> no, no. It's like, it's like, I realized I'm like, well, let me try this tool out of the toolbox. Yeah. Like, like someone needs to tell this to you. And I, and I have to, I have to say it. So I think I called you and we had a big conversation where I possibly said that. And then I ex- explained belief and opportunity again mm-hmm. on, on the phone with that. And so I think, yeah, I, I remember this conversation I was yeah. in. I was in the um, projector room at the Olympic Training Center. Wow. The, so I remember. Oh, this was a memorable. I remember memorable where I was. For you too. Oh yeah. And then right <laughs> after that, we went on our oh. town trip and we walked through town. I remember this day. Yeah. And whatnot. So it's um, but I think we we grew from that, mm-hmm. and we were able to to move on and, and been a turning point. Had had a, a different perspective. So it's like it's hard to have some of these conversations with people you know, like if you're a coach, like, like you have to have difficult conversations with right. people. And we've had many, many difficult conversations oh, yeah. over the years, but that was, um, that was one that definitely sticks out in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's think, good that we both remember it. Yeah. I, I think it worked. Yeah. Well, didn't going into that next year, was that the summer where you went to San Diego? Yes. Okay. So this, well, that was after Frank was sick too. Yeah. yeah. So this was a big yeah. turning point. So yeah. I'll let you talk about that with Frank, and then going into uh, essentially our best season ever of training. Yeah. Well, I'll let you take it. Until I got injured again. Well, yeah. (laughs) It was the best season of training until August when I got the shingles. Yeah. And then it was the shoulder injury with the seminar that Michael Cohen came and did. Yeah. Hurt my shoulder. Yeah. Um, No bad. Not not 
you know, it's just one thing into the next, something that it's just something that happened. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, had my best meet that year. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start from January. Yeah. Let's start from January. Right. Cause Can this, we take this... a little pause first. Yeah. Let's do a little All pause. Right. And, uh, this is an important year. Okay. And we're back. We're so back. we're talking about the, what year is this? Right now? No, no, no. Oh, 2017. So 2017. It's January. We have this talk, this, this coming, coming to terms, which actually it was probably, it's in it, it was probably actually, it was either in the spring or the fall. Cause that's before, cause that's when I was typically at the Olympic training center. I almost think it was in the fall. I think it was the fall. Cause that's when yep. things were not so good. So probably yeah. October, yeah. November, somewhere's in there. And is this when we went to rowing or is that after? Rowing was in 2015. The end of 2016. No, rowing was the rowing yeah. was that. So rowing was in the end of 2016, all of December 2016, I think. Yeah, it wasn't in 2017. Okay. Um. So yeah, we did the rowing, December 2016. Yeah. Which wasn't that an experience? I loved that. I yeah. really did. And then January came around, and that's when Frank got sick. Yeah. Um. So January. <laughs> great best year ever so far because of multiple reasons doesn't it always start off like that <laughs> yeah, it was great um and frank went to west palm beach to visit a friend um jeff and uh he has like a house down there for jeff is actually someone that Meyer supply buys from and so it was kind of like a he, he brought some customers down so there were maybe you know, a couple guys, actually it was just Jeff and Frank and uh, he went down there to visit. And I remember because it was inauguration day, January 20th, mm -hmm. 2020. And I was excited about watching the inauguration and got back from the gym, 1030. I get a phone call. It's Jeff. He's in an ambulance with Frank on his way to, ho to the hospital so calm Jeff is like just a really calm guy and I'm like what what happened what's going on he's mm -hmm. like I I don't know they think that he might have had either a stroke or an aneurysm or something and I'm just like do I need to come down there you know and you know he's like yes you need to get on a plane and get down here as soon as you possibly can and uh well that is like one of the worst days of my life and uh so I'm, you know, trying to get to Florida thinking, wondering, is my husband alive? You know, I mean, nobody knew, you know, anything. And uh, so Tony, Frank's son and I, you know, we got on a plane and uh, flew down to Florida. We got in that night, close to midnight. And, you know, I got to the hospital and he's on a respirator. They put him in an induced coma and uh, turns out that he has had meningitis. Uh, bacterial meningitis. No idea. I mean, I have my own theory as to how he got it. Um, but just, I mean, I don't know if you know anything about bacterial meningitis, but it's, it's very, very um, deadly. deadly. So he was in a medically induced coma for seven, eight days, something like that. Like we, and we, we had no idea whether A, he was going to live because um, he was dealing with a, a very bad um, pneumonia from it. We had no idea if he'd have any brain damage because the meningitis affects, um, 
the meninges and the spine and the brain and um we had no idea if he'd have any like we just had no idea yeah it's a very scary time it was a very very scary time and talk about alcohol i lived on prosecco um that was just my <laughs> that, that was my go-to prosecco and uh clonazepam at that time uh, that was a very difficult time. I don't think anybody blames me for the Prosecco and the clonazepam at that time. Um, but we, that was January 20th. And after, you know, seven, I believe it was seven days, he, he, they took him off the vent and, and he woke up and he appeared to be okay. Um, there wasn't any like, um, motor function problems or, uh, like he knew where he was and everything like that. So good signs. Um, it was, uh, we were there until January 31st. So I was in Florida for maybe even a couple of times, a couple of weeks, a couple of days more. It was like two and a half weeks. And uh, he came, we got him back home. We had to take commercial flights. Um, that was a challenge. And uh, so we got him home. He went to like an interim care facility in Binghamton for five or six days and then we finally got him home long story short he has made a full and oh, miraculous yeah. recovery i mean but it was a very scary time and like i just at that time like i just thought all right my life is just shut down like weightlifting everything it's just like you know everyone was great at the gym everybody you know picked up you know we have a great team just picked up my stuff and you know just made things keep going um but i mean i just didn't know we were supposed to go to Savannah for master for masters nationals. Yep. Um, I think it was in March that year. And, you know, I planned on, no, I'm not going to do that. And, you know, I just kind of, it was like, all right, life is on hold, not doing this. Yeah. Um, it was another time when, so we ended up, you know, Frank said, no, you need to go to nationals. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. You, you need to go. There's no reason that you shouldn't go. So we decided to go. We had, you know, I had barely trained at all. You know, I think I put up a hundred. I know. I think I did. Do you remember that meet when I think we went from 40 to 43 to 45 in the snatch and we, I got red lighted on the 45 Mm -hmm. And remember the jury stepped in and yeah. they overturned it. So that was a very happy, that was exciting. That was a happy moment. And I think I, I don't know, I think I went 57 or 58 on, on the clean and jerk, but. And I think we took bronze, right? No. And no? nationals. No. You weren't on the podium there? It was one I, of them. No, that's, that's like my goal in nationals. Oh, I'm thinking Howard Cohen. Yeah. I'm thinking Howard Wait, Cohen. Wait, was that? That was a different time. Yep, that was in October yep. the year before. Yeah. Yep. Um, or no, that was Buffalo. I don't know. No, no. I it's Howard Cohen. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's the, 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 the problem is that they're all in Savannah. I know. I know. It's <laughs> so crazy. it's like, it's like all the trips that you, me and Kim right. took to Savannah, they all kind of blur together. I know. It's like, I wish I would have kept like a written record of like a journal or something of all that stuff. Or I, would, I wish I would have kept my blog going. Yeah. Um, Bring but, it back. So that was, uh, that even though like I, the numbers, speaking of like the numbers and you know, this is 2017 compared to 2015. It's like, was I, was I disappointed? Maybe, but I was happy to be there. Like my husband's alive. I'm able to compete. And that was a great meet. I enjoyed that. A friend of ours came up from Hilton head, you know, um, 
I, I just remember that time. I, and I stayed and I did some judging. I, I actually judged Jim Storch's uh, session that night. It was just, that was a great time. Um, so I think it was the beginning of a possibly great year of competing. <laughs> and so I think then we had Elmira. Did we have Elmira that year? Yep. And I think I did pretty well there. I think that meet, that Elmira meet, wasn't that the first time I like cleaned 68? Remember, you just kept putting weight on the bar, or was that the year before? I don't even remember. One of them. But yeah, so we had Elmira, and then in July, I went to San Diego with my sister to USA Masters Games. Yep. Just me and my sister. No, and, didn't know anybody there. And at that, no pressure. We FaceTimed. Yep. At that event, I had to coach you through FaceTime. Yes. So that was a digital coaching. Yes. My sister helped too. Yeah, she yeah. was my body. She yeah. was my legs. Yeah. And I ended uh, up doing that with Kim later on. So yeah. it, was, it was a good, good test run. But that was like, that, that is one of my favorite meets because I was not nervous. I had, I felt like I had no pressure on myself. I put no pressure on myself. There's never any pressure on me. Like, it's just what I put on myself. It was like, that was the most carefree in terms of like the, the mental part of it. And I had my best meet. I had meet PRs and yeah. a lifetime PR. Yeah. I had a, Meet PR in the snatch of 50. I had a lifetime and meet PR and clean and jerk of 64 and a PR total of 114. Yeah. And a silver medal? And a silver medal for both, for the California State Games and the USA Masters Games. And, uh, and I competed as a 75. Yeah. So it's like that because... I went from the 69 because back when it was 69, like I was competing as a 69 for the whole year before that. Yeah. And I competed as 69 at nationals. I competed at 69 for the last time um, at Elmira. And then I, get, I put some more weight back on. Yeah. But it was like at that time, I think because I was just like glad my husband was alive. Yeah. Let's not worry about the weight. Let's so, just go lift. I wasn't so concerned about numbers and aesthetics. Like what, you know, we, what we talked about and, it was probably the most enjoyable meet. You know what it kind of makes me think of too? There's an episode in the office where they're doing uh, stress management stuff. Yeah. And uh, they had this little thing that goes on your finger and it beeps when you're stressed out. <laughs> and they were all wearing it. This is after Stanley on the show has a heart attack. I don't, I'm not familiar well, with the, and your listeners will know. Yeah, if anyone's an office fan. And whenever the boss, Michael Scott, gets near them, it starts to beep. So they figure out that he's the one that's stressing them all, all out. So now I'm wondering if maybe I, me not no. being there <laughs> was the thing that, that made it less stressful. No, you never make me nervous at meets. And actually, like, I might be nervous at the meet, just the normal jitters and stuff. But yeah. it's so weird because when I get on the platform, I'm rarely ever nervous. Yeah. You're a natural competitor. Yeah. I'm, I'm rarely, it's like I zone out. I don't hear anything. I don't even remember the Elmira meet where the baby in the playpen next to me, where Carol Ann and a couple of the other girls were like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe that. She, not that I couldn't, couldn't believe I made that lift, but how did she do that with that baby crying in the background right before I went to lift yeah. the baby's like crying. I didn't even hear it. Like, I don't hear things. I don't see things. I just go out there. It's just me in the bar which is like one of the best yeah. feelings ever. That's how it should be. Yeah. I remember this time too, we had really finally dialed in your training to the point where I was like, okay, we're going to go, let's say we're doing back squats. We're going to go up a pound a week. Mm -hmm. Like I had 
this is something that I had tried before, but you had never accepted it before. Right. And where it's like going up in really, really small jumps. Mm -hmm. And I think going into Almira uh, and that spring, you finally accepted that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, if, from a coaching standpoint, it's like, yes, we had this relationship going and whatnot, but you, you program things and athletes sometimes just don't accept it. You know, like, like they don't, they don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And I finally got you to take the one kilo, one pound jump every single week on the progression. And this was one of our best performances. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. So those first, you know, J January through, well, after January, <laughs> like, you know, let's say March through July was probably one of the best um, runs we've had in weightlifting in terms of getting somewhere like building strength and being more confident and not worrying so much about things that didn't matter. And obviously that's because like, like other the perspective that I was working from was completely different because I almost lost my husband. Yeah. You know, and then August hit. <laughs> well, I, I like what you, what you said there, not thinking about the little things. Yeah. And one of those little things that used to get to you before that was if certain people would be in the crowd, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like, like oh, there's, I forgot about that. yeah, see, uh, you reminded me of this. Yeah. There were times where like, maybe you had disagreement with someone at the gym or in the general community, and then they would be coming to the meet. And the yeah. fact that they were going to be in the meet, <laughs> affected the yes. lifting yeah mm -hmm. um so just being able just uh to put all that aside right. is something that that took time yeah yeah and, it is it's yeah. amazing how like certain things happen in life and and it's like how did i ever worry so much about those little things you know and it's not to say that it doesn't happen again i mean that perspective fades you think yeah. start you know you get back into the day-to-day -day things but you know every once in a while you, you think back to those things and you know that it, it resonates again. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like, you just got to keep working on growing as a person, right. you know, like no one's, yeah. no one's where they're, I, I don't think anyone's ever going to ultimately be where the final destination is. You get no. to the final destination fun is when you pass, right. you know, that's as far, that's right. as far as you got in your development. Struggle is part of life. Like without struggle, you don't grow. Yeah, you know? exactly. So yeah. we'd had that, that meet we had, that was our, one of our best meets. And then, in August, it was August you went to a seminar? No, August I went to Vegas and I got sick in Vegas and didn't know that I was getting shingles and I ended up with shingles. And, uh, and then it was September that, or no, maybe early October that we had the seminar here, the weightlifting seminar here with uh, Michael Cohen. And I did some changing of my setup and stuff. And I don't know that my shoulder was completely healthy back then anyway, but whatever I did, it tweaked um, my shoulder and I ended up, yeah. you know, with having the shoulder. Well, I, I think the shingles definitely played a role in that. Yeah. We had someone at the gym who he was, he had like perfect pull-ups. Like he, he, he can do strict chest of bar pull-ups. And then he got shingles all along his left side. Mm -hmm. And when he would go to do pull-ups, he would only tilt and pull to the right side. Huh. And it, he lost significant amounts of strength on his left arm, his whole left side and everything. And it's actually taken a while to build it back up. It's crazy what some of those illnesses will right. do to your nervous system yeah. and affect the muscles. Yeah. So yeah, it probably did have to do with it. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember if in 2017 we did any more meets. Like, I don't know if we did the 
Cohen that year. I don't we, remember. Yeah, we might have done it. We I think we did in 2017, and then I think uh, with the um, American Masters yeah. at the time. Yeah. And then I think we did the um, Mohawk. Okay. Yeah. And then I think after that, it was it was done for a little while. I think right. that's when the injury happened. Yeah. Well, now, so you've experienced all these hardships mm -hmm. over the course of five years, mm -hmm. enough so like that it'd be easy to quit. Mm -hmm. Why haven't you quit weightlifting? <laughs> <laughs> well, James, I meant to tell you this. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um. <sighs> I don't, I think because I don't know, I haven't quit. So I don't, I don't know. I think because there is like, there's, there's a sense of accomplishment in overcoming things mm -hmm. and I love it. Like I love weightlifting. I love snatch and clean and jerk. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. Why I haven't quit maybe because because I've grown so much through it. I feel, I feel like I've become much more mature. I know at almost 49 years old, that sounds funny, but I was very emotionally immature when I met you. Like, you know, that takes a lot to say that, but, and you know, not by all fault of my own consciously, I think it just really had to do with, you know, recovering from, and look, not even recovering. I don't know if you recover from a mental illness, just learning how to deal with it and how to live your life the best that you can and not have it be this de debilitating thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that I just, I have a respect for the sport in a, in such a way that it's like, I would feel, I would feel like a quitter. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you say quit. I, I think that, I think there's a difference between quitting and just moving on to something else yeah, like retiring, quitting, like quitting, you know, because you're mad about something or, you know, because it's like, I'm never going to lift any more than this, which years ago, that would have been a reason that I would have quit. And now it's just kind of like, I feel like it would almost be disrespectful to a sport that has done a lot for my life to, um, to give up on it. So, I mean, I hope that I don't know what our training is going to be like over the next, you know, month let alone year but uh but i i know that i still enjoy it and i know i've learned that it's just we do the best that we can and i might donate a lot of money to usaw and not do meets but i'm okay with that because half the time uh, that's what ends up happening i sign up i spend 70 bucks on a meet and i end up not being able to compete so i get a 70 dollars t-shirt but you know, I'm still going to keep doing that and, you know, feel blessed that I'm actually able to do the meet, you know, this, uh, this meet yesterday online or not, it's probably, I would say it's probably my second favorite meet. Um, just because during this time to be able to compete when so many other meets and stuff are getting canceled, um, you know, you can't take that for granted. Yeah. So. No, I, I agree yeah. 100%. Yeah. What has been your most memorable moment throughout your whole weightlifting career so far? I just have to pick one. I know. Well, um, you, can, you can list off a couple, but I'm interested into like, what is the most favorite? You know, what is the one where you're like, man, that was, that was a good time. You know, I hate to say it because of how you feel about the whole, the whole FaceTime thing, but I would have to say that the 
the time that I spent with my sister in uh, my sister from San, uh, North Carolina um, in San Diego, that was probably that was that was the best. Yeah. Not not just because it was like my well, no, best I'll, numbers. I'll, I'm joking but, about about how yeah. I feel about. I, I I thought it was fun. I <laughs> thought it was unique. I you had know? I had so much fun that entire time and. Um, I think that it was just, it was just that entire leading up to that, what had happened that year and everything and getting to see my sister. She's my favorite sister out of all of them that lives in North Carolina, <laughs> but she's the only one that lives in North Carolina, oh, gosh. but she's just, she's like my, she's my soul, my, my soulmate sister. We're both firstborns. I'm, she's fourth of, of sixth. I'm first of six. So it goes, you know, firstborn, middle, and and you know last child and then firstborn middle last child so we're both firstborns and she's just we just have a uh, have a, a connection was this the first time a family member other than frank had been to a meet to watch you lift um gosh did my aunt watch me i think so i yeah i think so so that's a big deal yeah yeah, that's like showing the family, you know, what, yeah. what you're doing and, and how hard you're working. So of course, yeah. it's gonna be extra special. Yeah, especially since she got to be involved. In yeah, essentially, she was like my coach. essentially, she she's my, coaching you. Yeah, my, uh, assistant coach. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was probably one. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, there's a lot of special. Uh, that was like a competition, you know, moment they, they weren't like like i wouldn't say all of my favorite moments are all competition moments i mean there have been some in training um traveling like it's been fun you know to travel to some different places where what's the where are some of the places we've gone to savannah las vegas new orleans new orleans we massachusetts vegas? um no you went to las vegas oh the oh the first the first grand Opening. yeah i okay. wasn't there um I, uh, oh, meeting Maddie Rogers oh, a couple yeah. times. Yep. Seeing her in the world championships, 2017. Um, and then, uh, being at the AO3 in Vegas, I was in the AO3 in Vegas a year, two years ago, maybe it was two years ago. And I actually like, I was refing, So I had my blue suit on and everything. And I, so I was able to go back into the competition area. And I like stalked her for a little while, just kind of <laughs> sitting there watching her like train and stuff. And there was a, a time where I felt it was appropriate that I could go and say, Hey, can I get a picture with you? So meeting Maddie Rogers, um, was, was, uh, definitely a highlight, uh, meeting her coach at the time, uh, Danny Camargo, um, meeting John North, like at the time, like now, I mean, he's, He's more of a friend now, but it's just like, I, it was that starstruck kind of feeling in the beginning, like yeah. when you're just, you know, so that was. Makes me yeah. think of so, so many I know, things. There's, like, there's so many different things. Patrick running around New Orleans after hitting, what, 182? What, how, so I think it was 128 kilos. 128 kilos, yeah. Well, it's, it's a lot of good times. It's been a great ride. Mm -hmm. So many things have, have, have happened over the course of it. And mm -hmm. hopefully we, we have another five, 10 years Maybe. plus, yeah. you know, we have all the different 
masters oh, age categories to go up I through. got new age category coming next yep. year 50 to 54 i'm the young and in the group maybe Does i can it, actually get somewhere <laughs> i feel like that's that's an exciting thing about being a masters where uh all right you, it's a couple of years in and you're in this class but it's almost like like having like a, a graduation to the next mm -hmm. class yeah. it makes you feel better about you know as you as you age like yeah. well i'm gonna be in a whole new group of people right. whole new opportunities to compete you know It'll be interesting to find out if I am truly qualified for worlds based on yesterday's meet because I'm going to be 50, a 50, 54. Yeah. So I need to, um, I'll probably reach out to Cheryl and ask, does this total qualify? Well, let's make sure I got a total first. Yeah. Otherwise we're going to be doing an impromptu meet pretty soon. Or, um, Pan Ams. Yes. Online Pan would, Ams. would count. Yeah. Cool. Well, I only have two more questions for okay. you wow yeah, i thought we weren't going to be able to make an hour who's going to listen no. to this it's almost well, uh, two hours it's, it's probably going to get split into uh, two episodes oh, so okay well, we can see. <laughs> yeah you can probably start with the january in the second yeah one, right? so um, um second to last question mental illness mm -hmm. it's something that we've talked about you know a, a lot on this show it's something that we've been dealing with and experiencing over the course of the last five years what words or advice or anything do you have for someone who's listening who is going through similar experiences maybe they don't do weightlifting maybe weightlifting could help them what's uh what's what's something that that you would say to that person based on all of what you've experienced um well just in general like don't be afraid to reach out for help is because i think that happens a lot people that are experiencing this they recognize that there's a general stigma about it and they just kind of like try and like hide it or ignore it just you know reach out ask for help because otherwise you know in a lot of cases it ends up not good you know yeah um i think it's great therapy weightlifting is great therapy mm -hmm. um so which yeah. we we know that to be true now yeah. that the gyms have been closed for so long you know oh, like know. so many people yeah. go to the gym as their their outlet their escape you know mm -hmm. from work and their home life and whatever might be going on yeah and also it gives them something to de-stress and right. to put some energy into something positive mm -hmm. versus you know if you're just kind of yeah. staring at the walls in your apartment that's when those negative thoughts can start to creep in yeah. and also other habits like drinking and alcohol and, and drugs and whatnot yeah and and just you know to just to know that it's like that it's okay you know it's what what you're going through there's not something wrong with you like at your core there's not something wrong with you it's something that you know you didn't you didn't ask for it it's not your fault you know what i mean and uh you're you're okay and you know you're your life is worth something. I mean, that for me, that's like, that, that's the biggest message that I can put out there because, you know, there's so many, the suicide rate among people with mental illness is so high. Um, you know, your life is worth it. Your story is not over yet. That's what my tattoo here with the paw print semicolon, the semicolon stands for your story's not over yet. It's mm -hmm. like you, you're, here's where you are up to this point in your life. It seems really, really bad, but your story is not over yet. So don't give up. So. Yeah. And, and look at, I mean, you, at one point, you know, you were having some thoughts on where you were going to take your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and you went to the hospital, you had treatment, you know, everyone's coming around you to support you. 
and look at all that you've written now in your own story since mm -hmm. then. Right, right. Like and what my what would have happened if my story ended? All, well, all of this would not have happened. Yeah, yeah. and then think about yeah. too with CrossFit Sona and Inspire Fitness, yeah. uh, how many other people's stories you've affected through that. Yeah, and the business might not have existed anymore. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Don't know. Yeah, it's the yeah. unknown and unknowable. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but at least we're still here. We're, yep. we're still fighting. We're still throwing bars over our heads. Absolutely. Uh, last last question, Tracy. All right. Uh, do you have any closing remarks <laughs> on uh, to encapsulate the last five years that you want to share with the listener? Any words of wisdom? Any words of encouragement? Anything that we forgot to talk about? Anything like that? Um. No, well, I, I guess I I would just. Uh, Say that I'm, you know, I have a lot of gratitude for weightlifting. I have a lot of uh, gratitude towards you for you. Um, I'm thankful to have met you. Um, I'm just, I'm thankful for the sport. It's a, it's a great sport, and uh, I owe my life to it, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. I think uh, there's many people who can relate. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, yeah. I, I could go on about what it's done for me. You know. Yeah. So I think that's just a special thing. Well, maybe about the sport. I can have a podcast and I'll have you on my podcast hey, about hey. that. <laughs> I think I think you should start you should start a podcast uh, called My Barbell My Shrink. Yeah. That'd yeah. be a uh, and then and talk about some of these things. Uh, because the more you talk about it, mm -hmm. the more you can empower others. Right. And right. so the the more you have years of experience, 15 years in the fitness industry, plus you know, all of your experiences, you know, battling depression and with mental illness and, and things like that you know, popping on for like even just 10 minutes just to talk about some things. Yeah. You never know who you're going to reach, yeah. you know? So that's My the fun thing. My stepson says I need to have a podcast too. <laughs> do, it, do it and then get you and Trish. Yeah. Like, I feel like that'd be a yeah. good yin and a yang yeah. to have a podcast and just make it crazy and talk about all <laughs> kinds of things. And uh, yeah, hey, I, I think that would be cool to do. And it's super easy. I can show you how to I do it. I see that. I see yep. that. We'll see. We'll awesome. See. Well, Tracy, where can people follow you and the gym if they want to know more or just see what you're doing? Um, well, I have uh, my Instagram personal account is uh, Tracy, T-R-A-C-I underscore Genevieve, G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E. -E -E. I was going to say, you have to spell that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, same name, no, no underscore on Facebook. Um, and then CrossFit Sona, at CrossFit Sona on uh, Instagram. And then look up the CrossFit Sona on uh, Facebook. On Facebook yeah. And if you're in town in the Bangton area, stop in. Yep. Johnson City, 111 Brown Street. Actually, you can't drop in anymore at this point. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Call in that's advance. another, that's a whole nother podcast yeah. right there. What's changing with our industry. Yeah. Whole nother yeah. podcast. Well, yeah. if anyone's listening and if anything that Tracy has said resonates with you, she'd be a, a great person to talk to, you know, and if you need help, don't be afraid again to talk to someone, you know, that's probably yeah. the, the first thing you can do. And I think, I think sometimes the challenge is, you know, not feeling like someone might not want you to talk to them about it or, yeah. or to, that they won't want to help you. But this, again, it reminds me of weightlifting, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as you know, at a weightlifting meet, if you're at a meet by yourself and you don't have anyone to count cards for you, you don't know the rules, you don't know what you should put as your opener. Everyone at a weightlifting meet will help you, you. Yeah. like because it's a community, yeah. and yeah. it's the same thing. I feel kind of like with mental illness. It's like it's like if if you need help, ask someone. You would be surprised 
at how quickly people will want to help you. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not, it's, there's more of it or more of it than you can possibly know. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having uh, me. For the listeners, make sure you head on over to The Barbell Strikes Back on Instagram. Follow me, James A. McDermott, on Instagram. Head on over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Leave the show a five-star rating and some feedback. Thank you again so much for listening. Tracy, thank you again for coming on. Thanks, James. First in-person guest. <laughs>